When you start with your first person that you hire, ideally that person should make you money in some way. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Since starting my business, I have been amazed at how utterly overwhelming parts of business ownership can be. And I think probably a lot of us feel this way. I've often found myself thinking, it's almost like I need a therapist for my business. And that is why I was so fascinated to meet Celeste Kaufman, who's my guest today. She's a licensed therapist and she is also a business coach. So she is a therapist for your business. Celeste and I have such a wonderful conversation today about how she helps women and um, different ways that you can get past that scarcity mindset and imposter syndrome and really start uh, moving forward in your business and not feel like you're constantly spinning your wheels. She's got some great takeaways that you can start putting into action today. And she's just a delightful person to talk to. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Celeste, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Maddie. I'm super, super excited. This is going to be a fun day. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled. I would love for you to just take a second and introduce yourself. Absolutely. So um, I'm Celeste Kaufman. I own a group clinical therapy practice in Florence, Alabama. Um, so I'm a licensed professional counselor. That's how I started my career as that and a school counselor as well. And then in the last couple of years, I had a stroke of genius um, in February of 2020 to start working on a business coaching venture. And then we all know, of course, what happened in March of 2020. I lost my marbles and that sort of stopped <laughs> making it away for about a year. But since then, I have been running Celeste Kaufman Coaching. And that's where I work with women who have already sort of started their business. It's kind of in its infancy stage. And they are just totally overwhelmed, feeling really anxious on that hamster wheel all the time. And they're really wanting to come off of that with some systems and some action and just sort of being in the room with somebody who can act as a sounding board and help them course correct as, as they go, since entrepreneurship is so lonely and so nobody gets it, right? So that's sort of where I am now. And I'm running that. I, originally, it started just Celeste Kaufman Coaching started just in our hometown. And now I've expanded it though worldwide, which has been awesome to work with women all over the US and the world. It's really, it's fun. I was so intrigued when I saw that you are a licensed professional counselor, as well as doing this business coaching. And I, at first I was like, well, that's an interesting mix. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> like that is, that is what we all need. So what was, was there like a, like a pivotal point where you were like, okay, yes, this totally makes sense where I can take my counseling and, um, essentially therapist skill set and also serve business owners. Was there like a moment or an, a client interaction or something like, how'd you get there? Oh, you know, really Maddie, it's a little bit different for me because the reason that I became a therapist is because I wanted to have my own business. I know that that's really, okay. I mean, obviously I wanted to help people a ton too, but 
my, my therapy practice had to be a business. I, I've always been entrepreneurial. I started my first business when I was um, eight or nine. I had a goat feeding booth in our town and we made enough money to like make our house payment. It was incredible. So oh I said, this is really cool. I can do this and I can, I can completely buck the system. Right. So, um, Becoming a therapist, I definitely wanted to help people, but I was also really passionate about being an entrepreneur. So I wanted to help people in a way that I could run a business. So I spent a lot of study trying to make sure that I knew the ins and outs of entrepreneurship. So I wasn't going to be one of those therapists that fail. Therapists are notoriously really bad at business. (laughs) I think it's because of the lack of math they have us take in school. So, um, but yeah, the more I started working with women over the last few years and just really learning about how hard it is for women to be disadvantaged in the workplace because of the lack of flexibility, even sort of the lack of trust that you could get your work done. If somebody is not monitoring you, you know, the, the whole 40 hours a week, I really started saying to myself, you know what other women could, could replicate what I've done and they could, they could do this and their lives could completely change in the way that mine was able to completely change. So, um, I sort of just put some feelers out there in, in 2020 and people went berserk on it. Just immediately. I sold out an event, um, within just a couple of weeks. And so I said, okay, I'm really maybe onto something here. And, and it has really felt like it resonates a lot. I have definitely found, I've worked with a lot of coaches and especially, you know, even just in the last couple of years. And I have definitely found that the ones that really strike a chord with me and were able to like get some serious stuff done are the ones that don't just stick to business or life coaching or health and nutrition coaching. They're the ones that take a more holistic, like full person approach and almost serve as um, that sounding board, not a therapist, obviously like you need licensing for that, but yeah, um, can, can kind of help with some of the more emotional stuff too, you know? And so to have your like legitimate credentials and also that head for business, I think that's such a gift to be able to give your people. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, we all, we all know what that feels like, right? That completely emotional, you know, the heartbreak of the launch that doesn't go well or Totally. The, the, you know, lying awake at night thinking, do I have my tech in the right place? Is my, something's wrong with my tech and I'm, tomorrow it's going to be a disaster, you know? And yeah, I mean, I really think that is a gift that I give people. I try to be different from other coaches in that I really want to deliver that nurturing support and be more of a step-by-step kind of walk you through things, right? Because we all have experienced that sort of trying to explain to someone else what is going on when you're an entrepreneur and a woman, that's a completely different world. I mean, you know that, right? A hundred percent. So when people come to you, what point are they typically at? Like, what are they struggling with? Usually when women come to me, they have begun their business in terms of maybe something like they have an idea, they've maybe even purchased a domain name. They're maybe writing some copy like a blog or something. And then they seem to get bogged down into the details. And that's not to say that they haven't had that business for years. I mean, I had a client recently who had her business for 11 years and said, I just really have never gotten the website where I wanted it because it was so overwhelming to try to not just because she's a brilliant person. So it wasn't that she didn't have the skills. I think it was just needing someone to say, okay, what's everything in your head and how do we sort of pull that out and go the correct order of operations to make it work in what your business is not trying to be somebody else's business, you know? So, um, mostly it's women who've started, but then they just got 
overwhelmed. I call it the big idea fairy, you know, like is knocking them over the head all the time. Right. Do you ever experience that? A hundred percent. I tell my clients a lot because when they come into work with me, one of the things that I always say is like, you're probably not lacking in ideas. Like my job is not to give you more ideas. My job is to help you like organize them and put them into action. That's the hard part. Yes, it is because new ideas are constantly coming into our brains, right? And our brain wants to really chase that tangent. And what I find that a lot of business owners do is they let the other thing go to the side and the foundational pieces of business are not the sexy part. Let's just be honest. (laughs) You know, the, the person who says, okay, every Monday from eight to eight 30, you need to engage with your Instagram audience. (laughs) Most of us entrepreneurs just want to kind of do that on the fly. So having somebody, I don't think that it's that I bring anything new and incredibly brilliant to the table. Sometimes I will, and that's amazing. And I tell people to write that down and give me a gold star, but uh, it's not always. Usually it's just sort of sitting there and it's those two minds coming together and the power of someone who really, really is listening to you totally objectively without any agenda. And that is therapy 101, right? So that's where I feel like people can really benefit if you're not hearing the noise from others, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the ways that you're able to help people kind of find the the calm amongst the chaos in their business? So a lot of what we do is sort of evaluate what's working now and what's not working. I'm a really major systems person. So when I started my career as a school counselor, I didn't have even a counseling. I had a counseling um, degree, but I did not have a school counseling degree. I had never done any student teaching. I was hired on an emergency certificate. So I had to learn the whole world of school other than just my own 12 years of education, public education all at one time. And so I really quickly realized that what I was going to have to do would be look at the whole big picture and then break things down into smaller systems that could be replicated over and over since I intended to be there longer term. So, um, you know, one of the things that we did for a client recently was she was having some difficulty with collecting money and collecting email addresses um, off of her website. So she had a physical service she was selling that she needed to collect. And so we really talked through what do you need? How do you need to get that money? Who is usually paying it? Because this is a client who, who her clients weren't actually paying. It was usually family members paying for the services. So she had it sort of a unique situation. And so you can see how somebody would get bogged down in that. If you don't fit in exactly the cookie cutter, sometimes you need something a little bit different. So that's one example. You know, another example would be a client who she was really struggling to build a sales page just because it was really, it just felt so overwhelming to build this long sales page, to try to come up with customer pain points and to come up with transformative statements. You know, all of that copy felt so overwhelming. And we really sat down and said, okay, let's just take it one chunk at a time. And let me really ask you those deep questions about what is the real pain point for your client. And then how about if we phrase that in this way? Um, And then I give a homework assignment and say, okay, the next time I see you, I want to have these, these pieces of the puzzle in place. And then let me take a look. So there's a piece of accountability there. I think that's really helpful in coaching too. I mean, do you find that people excel more when they sort of know that you're expecting them to be there for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I think the accountability is huge. And to be perfectly honest, that was one of the things that I struggled with the most when I left my job and went full-time. Yes. Call me all the time. Um, I never, I mean, I consider myself a very driven person, but it's just 
kind of crazy what happens when you don't have the day-to-day accountability. Stuff falls through the cracks. You decide to take a longer lunch, like, you know, and pretty soon you're like, oh my gosh, I have not gotten done what I needed to get done. So when you have someone who's saying, hey, I expect you to get this done so we can talk about it next week or whatever, that's, that's huge to have that accountability. Yeah. I mean, I find that we don't always show up for ourselves. And so sometimes we will show up for someone else. You know what I mean? So being able to say, okay, this is something I know that I've wanted to do for X number of months and I've just sort of been sitting on it, but now that somebody else is involved and I don't want to, you know, I think people sometimes feel like they're going to waste someone else's time or, Hey, she's going to be here on Monday. So I have to be ready on Monday to have this turned in. It's just putting our feet to the fire a little bit. And we, we say that we should be able to do it ourselves, but I mean, let's be honest, personal training is really just paying somebody to make sure that you show up to work out. It's not Absolutely. that you don't know how to work out, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. I think it's really interesting. Like there have been so many projects that I've almost abandoned for like basically the reason that, oh, it, maybe it won't work or maybe it's not actually good enough mm-hmm. instead of just like continuing and trying and doing it anyway and seeing what happens. And when you have that extra level of accountability, it's easier, like someone else saying like, no, keep going. Like, let's see what happens here. That I feel like is the reason I've done half of what I've done because I just had someone else being like, oh my God, just try. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, coaching one-to-one coaching is definitely the thing that has moved my business forward the most of anything. You can take every, you know, $27 course out there and read every, you know, free blog post out there. But there is really something to be said for, for having someone else's eyes on your business. And I mean, a coach is great. I don't even, if that's like your sister, that's fine. I mean, put somebody else in it and put their eyes. You need that outside perspective, right? Yeah. And just, you know, having, I think having that drivenness, I don't know, you can tell me if this is the same for you, that drivenness does sometimes lead us to just stack our to-do list with so many more things. I mean, do you ever have that experience? A hundred percent. And I wanted to talk to you about this because you talk a lot about burnout and that, that being in that place of overwhelm. And I know from experience when you're in that place, like nothing good (laughs) comes of it. And oftentimes I know, um, for me, when I get really overwhelmed, I go into sloth mode immediately. I'm like, well, I'm never going to get all this done. So I'm going to go watch TV. (laughs) And I think that that's the case for a lot of entrepreneurs. We get to that point where our to-do list is a mile long and we're like, well, what's the point? It's not going to get done anyway. So, so how do you help your clients with that overwhelm feeling? Because it's real for entrepreneurs. Like we, we, we're wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. And it it feels sometimes like it's almost constant, you know, and I, I think sometimes that is sort of the pat on the back for entrepreneurs. If you can keep that constant, then maybe you're quote important in some ways. So true. Right. And I really want to rail against that and say, that's not really the case. So I guess step one, Maddie is figuring out if you are a fight, flight, or freeze person when you're overwhelmed, you know, because I do find that that happens in the business. So it sounds like you're a freeze um, or, or maybe even a flight, like sort of, let me, let me get into sloth mode. I love that. So I'm a fight. Okay. So I'm the one who's like, okay, well then the only thing I need to do is keep putting things on this to-do list and do more things and, and bring in more, like, let me start a podcast. Let me start a blog that will help me. You know, like, don't be, don't be stupid. I can't do that. So, you know, that's really step one is I want to look at what the client normally does and then sort of pull that into perspective and say, 
Um, let me just put a name on that for you. You know, did you have a name for this before? Cause I'm going to name it for you right now. And we know then the temptation is to just sort of do, do whatever we feel like in the moment. But if we know more about what it is that we're doing, I think then we can make better decisions. So if you go into sloth mode, I would say one of my favorite tips is, um, to just set a timer for 10 minutes and say, I'm going to just start something here. I'm going to see what happens. Um, I'm going to work on a task that is really, um, bogging me down. And at the end of the 10 minutes, I have complete and total permission to walk away from it and just be done and know that I'm going to do this 10 minutes every day, because really what's usually going to happen is at the end of the 10 minutes, you're going to have a little bit of wind in your sails and you can keep moving, you know, and, and you'll say, okay, well, I've done 10 minutes, but my hands are like elbow deep into Squarespace right now. So I might as well just go ahead and finish, you know, the rest of the thing that I have to finish. Does that feel like that could possibly be helpful in that sloth mode? Or is that something you naturally do? A hundred percent. And I have, it's, that is, it's so funny and timely that you use that example. Because I noticed that um, I have been, I've made it a point this year to take better care of my physical health. Mm-hmm. And after six years of really not doing that, it's been challenging at times. Um, but that is the thing that I tell myself this morning when I did not want to go to the gym at 830, it was just get there, just put yeah. your pants on and just get there and see what happens. Yeah. If I can get there it's fine. And I'm always better afterward. If I can start, I, I think so often about that. Um, it's like a principle an object in motion stays in motion. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I think about that every day because that is me. I, if I start, I'm good, but if I don't, if I just sit there, if I just continue to sloth, like it will go on for days. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so key there is what, you know, there's a psychological concept there of what um, we call activation energy. So how much energy does it take me to activate into the thing, you know? And so for working out, one of the things I'll tell people is sleep in your gym clothes mm-hmm. because then you don't like, that's the thing that, ki- that's the thing that kills me is trying to find something to work out in that has to be presentable in public or halfway presentable, you know? So if I have to change oh, my clothes to do an activity, I'm going, uh, that's, I don't really want to go, you know? <laughs> Yes. So so this morning I, my sports bra was still in the wash and I was like, Oh, can't, I can't go. (laughs) We have other sports bras. (laughs) The universe's way of telling me not to do this. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. So just reducing that activation energy, you know, is another tip for people who tend to sloth being able to, um, reduce whatever the barriers are. And so that's something we do a ton in therapy that I do with clients too. is say, what's the barrier to you doing what you want to do, you know, and it's amazing, Maddie, how often, you know, a client will say something like, well, I haven't gotten my social media profile, you know, optimized for my business because so overwhelming. And then when I really drill down, what's overwhelming about that? I mean, what's overwhelming about finding a headshot and dropping it into Facebook? Cause I know, you know how to do that, you know? <laughs> Um, sometimes for people, it's the activation energy, getting over that hump of wanting to be seen or of, you know, what it takes, the energy it takes to put something out there. And then would I have to sort of keep that ball rolling? If I put myself out there, you know, sometimes it's a psychological thing that keeps us from moving forward, um, in a lot of ways, it's, it's super fascinating. Yeah. I think that that's probably, there are, there are so many things that, you know, I'll continue to move 
from my to-do list one week to the next week. And it's never stuff that takes a very long amount of time, but it is that, that activation energy for whatever reason is like, it's tripping me up. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, something that has recently been helping me a lot with my to-do list is taking my to-do list and really adding right there on the to-do list. So I use Todoist. Do you ever use that? No, but I've heard of it. So talk a little bit about I love it. Yes. I love Todoist. So Todoist lets me from the app, put stuff directly into my phone. That's on my to-do list and it lets me tag it. So I can tag work. I can tag personal Um, I can tag family. So it's something, and then I can assign a task, which is my favorite thing ever to (laughs) tag my husband and be like, the closet door is squeaking. This is a home task. And this is your due date on that, you know? And he kind of likes, I mean, you know, you wouldn't want to boss everybody around that way, but he, he likes to have a list. He's a follower. Um, And so, yeah, so you can put things in to do is you can also prioritize them. And if you don't want to put them by life category, you could also put them by place that you go. I know that sounds kind of weird, but um, here we have a little bit of a commute to the area that has sort of our shopping and places where we'd run errands. So sometimes I, I have a label for a to-doist list there, like all the things, whatever day I might get to Huntsville, I need to remember to do all these different things. You know what I mean? That is super smart. Cause there's so many times that I'm out running errands and I'm like, oh, I'm by target and I would have grabbed the target return, but I forgot. <sighs> Exactly. Exactly. That kind of thing. And so what's neat about to do is, is you can move it. You can change the date. You can change the priority. But my new thing that I'm really trying to do is to keep a running ongoing to-do list. And then I'm really trying hard to put just three things from that master list onto my day. And then I'm also adding, this is the part that's been life-changing. I'm also adding the reason that I'm doing it. Because, you know, if I just put on there, okay, create 90 Canva graphics for Instagram, maybe I know in my head that I'm doing that. But, you know, if I can say, okay, create 90 Canva graphics on Instagram so that through the holidays, my socials are running automated. Or if I put in there, okay, you know, tomorrow I need to adjust the calendar settings so that the clients that are coming from this launch can book and I can make money. You know, that is a lot more, um, that's a lot more motivating than just hearing something like update your calendar dates or whatever. But also it's really good, Maddie, because it pulls out the things that are not important. So if I can't think of a reason why I'm doing that, or if the reason is just really dumb, I mean, take that crap off there. <laughs> we don't, you don't need that stuff, you know? So don't be overwhelming ourselves with that's where I see a lot of, um, folks go into the fight mode versus flight or freeze. The fight mode says, if I just put more things on this list, I will ultimately, you know, get everything quote in order. And, and it just seldom happens. So I think that that's a great way for us to really get clear on what things need to come off the list for the day as well. I saw a really interesting graphic the other day, and it showed two calendars side by side. And it was a calendar that said, I think it was like six figures or five figures or something um, addressing like what that person was making. And the calendar was just like jam packed with stuff. And then the other calendar had like two meetings on it and it said eight plus figures. And I was like, that is interesting, (laughs) but how true, you know, those people who are making this to, to many of us will think, you know, an insane amount of money or who have all of this time freedom. Um, that's often how they kind of bridge that gap to, you know, to get to that point is 
figuring out what's really important, what has to get done and what can only I do. And then the rest of it, like, how can I automate it? Or how can I bring someone else in? That's like, that's thinking like a CEO. It is. It really is because we get, we get trapped in that mindset, the not CEO mindset, you know, that's that mindset just is like sort of the worker bee mindset. And we think we have to have our hands on everything, but really, you know, there are, there are so many principles in business that show that, that there's 20% of action that we take that yields 80% of the results. I know you've heard that the trouble is finding the 20%. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. So you know, that sometimes is what we have to, you know, really put our eyes on and try to, to work on the most. So when I, my first step to hire a VA was the thing that, that terrified me more than anything. I was just so scared that I was going to bring somebody on and she was going to, um, eat up all my money and she was not going to help. And you know what? I hired the best VA ever and I can't give her name. She doesn't do it anymore. Cause now I'm sure she's like, Celeste call, stop making people call me. They think I'm so <laughs> wonderful. And I'm going, you are wonderful. Um, but yeah, so I spent, and I'll just be really transparent. I just spent a couple of months with her. I could only do, um, about 10 hours a month with her at the rate that she wanted. And so I spent three or four months using her full 10 hours with her and I building out my website together for my therapy practice. And I drew it out on paper and I was really saying, okay, I want people to immediately see our faces. And I want them to immediately see a button that tells them what to do. And then once they go to the button, I want them to have a totally seamless experience of booking an appointment online without ever having to make a phone call. It's all right there. We lead them to do exactly what we want them to do. And so we worked on that. And so all told, you know, a thousand dollars or so, maybe between the two of us working to get that website. And that website has netted us multiple six figures. I mean, because that was the 20%. It wasn't, if somebody had asked me, what do you think the 20% is way back then? I would have said, oh, well, the 20% is me doing work that makes money. No, the 20% was getting that website. So people could seamlessly book us. It was a no brainer. They opened it and they said, right, right. And so I would have said, so when people come to me and they say, oh man, I just can't invest, you know, five grand in a website, or I just can't invest a grand in, in brand photography. I'm going, okay, well, there's an opportunity cost that you just lost there. Because if you're trying to, I mean, think about what, what you've done photography wise, think about the, the lay person on the street. Who's like got all of their equipment falling over in the park outside every week. And they're trying to shoot their own. It's, it's a hot mess. Right. And just that small investment could yield them more time, more money, a better result that better translates their brand, you know, really, I mean, if, if people walk away with nothing else today, I would say really hone in on what that 20% is that is making 80% of the difference in your business and keeping it rolling towards that CEO mindset, you know? So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that, that jump to hire a VA or really to hire any position you've ever hired for. Cause I know so many people who listen to this podcast are at that point where they're like, I'm burnt out. My to-do list is a mile long. You know, I, maybe they even have like tools and systems in place and that's not cutting it anymore. How do you know that you're at the point to hire someone? And is that ever not terrifying? <laughs> um, for me now, it's not terrifying at all. Now I'm just like, yes, hire someone, give me someone <laughs> you know, like who, who can do this job. Let me hire them. Um, you know, so I always say when you start with your first person that you hire, ideally that person should make you money in some way. If they can, that's, that's the ideal. 
So, you know, maybe they don't do the work directly, but, you know, just like for me, that VA who got that website running, that made us money. You know, what she was doing was making us money. If that is a VA who is doing um, any, any other number of skills. So one for us, you know, if your website needs something automated so that you can take payments quicker and easier, or if your VA would take you out of the mix so that you can charge your hourly rate, that VA is making you money. Okay. So if I spend, I have two VAs now for just my therapy business alone and they do all of our return phone calls. So somebody calls the therapy business and they want, and they're not even in my state. It's so funny because when people call, they're like, well, I talked to Heather. She, is she there? And I'm going, I never actually met Heather face to face. You know, (laughs) she's, I mean, she signs confidential and we talk a lot, but we don't like hang out in the same office. Um, But you know, so, so what those VAs do is they spend the hours on the phone with the insurance company. And I use that time that I would have spent on that, which could be 30 or so hours a month. Some, sometimes I spend those 30 or so hours a month booking clients, you know, doing client work. So that's going to make me money in that way. Um, another thing that I tell people is if you're scared to hire a VA ongoing, consider just hiring one for a project and just see how it feels. So Social media posts is a good one. Um, Logos is another good one where people get kind of scared. Like, what if I I don't know, I don't want to, how can I spend this money? They charge $30 an hour, whatever to do these posts. And and I just say, just try it then. Just see if they can make you four templates. I heard a VA wants to make me a template of presentation slides so that all I have to do every time I go do a presentation is just open up that template and plug my words in, you know, and that has saved me many, many times. Right. So Those are some of the tips and tricks that I'm finding make hiring so much easier. And there's so many ways to to hire and get and keep good people. It's just, it's, you have to try it. And then it's addictive once you try it. Like I said, (laughs) I I would totally agree with you. I don't know that I'm at the point where it's not scary when I make new hires, but Mm -hmm. I'm definitely at the point where I'm like, how can I continue getting more off my plate? Like, I, I think it, I think it remains a little bit scary, but I have seen the benefit of it. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to sit in that uncomfortable for a while and spend a little bit more money um, to get that time back because I've seen the results of it. And it's it's me happier, my business running smoother. Like it's all good things. Absolutely. And, you know, I tell people, if you have to cut back a little bit to get a VA, then I say cut back on all those crazy, you know, like $17, $27, $37 offers that you're buying every five minutes. I mean, pull that stuff out a little bit and see if you can do actual work. Sometimes we get so into the knowledge mode because that feels so good because we're not actually taking any action. And right. I mean, you, we've, we've all seen that with business, right. The business owner who says like, I've read 150 books related to my industry and not had one client. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that, the knowledge mode, it's interesting because I think oh, so many of us get stuck there because it feels safe and it feels like we're, we're progressing in some way. Um, but I, I think that you do kind of reach this point in business where you're like, you know what, there's not a magic button that like, I don't have access to right now. It's just doing the work and making the decision. And that's a pivotal point to come to, I think. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And you know, my hope is just to get people there, you know, get them to that pivotal point faster. I'm sure that you see this with people that you work with. People seem to make those results so much faster when they work with you know, a coach or when they work with like, put another head in this entrepreneurship is so lonely. It is. And I think that's why it's so overwhelming. You know, you're sort of sitting in this thing that nobody else gets. 
And, you know, so bring another set of eyes in versus trying to collect another, you know, Pinterest article or, you know, something else that you could do for your business, right? There's a time for consuming content and there's a time that you just have to knuckle down and, and really work on the stuff, you know, work in the business, um, to keep moving. So, yeah. And I think a VA helps us do that, you know, and it, it maybe even holds us accountable in some ways to put our feet a little bit to the fire again and say, you know, this other person is sort of counting on me too. And we're both trying to get this project done. So I'm going to make sure that I do actual work today. I don't spend time on research, you know, on Instagram or whatever that I actually was on Instagram updating my profile or, or posting things or responding to actual hot audience members versus just, you know, sort of being out there. Cause it feels really good to take action for us, but it's just, when it's not focused action, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's almost not worth doing. And that's where some of the overwhelm hits. Yeah, absolutely. So in the last couple of minutes here, I want to circle back. Cause you had mentioned to doist earlier, as far as like a, a tool that you use that you really like. So to close us out, I would love to know if there are you know, one or two other platforms, other tools that you really like that you recommend to clients that some of my listeners might benefit from using. For sure. For sure. So, um, my next one is going to be Trello for sure. I love Trello. I know a ton of business owners use that. I actually have a free, um, I'm trying to think I have a little freebie on my email list with a Trello board already built for people for a template of things. And anybody can do it, right? This one's just created. It saves you a little time. But um, it's a board of things that I have to address frequently. So I have a card for, you know, if somebody asks me for a donation, you know, either a card that responds saying yes or a card, you know, just the text to that. I have a text response if a client is not a good fit for me and I want to refer them out to someone else. So I don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. I also keep stuff like my tax ID, you know, things that I think this is an important number, but I don't often know how to put my hands on it. So I love Trello for that purpose. And I love Trello if you are wanting to build or revamp your website or work with a VA, that's how I built mine. So I would have a list of cards with the graphics I liked. I had a list of cards with verbiage that I wanted to put in the, in the um, website. And also I love to do a, a Trello list where it's do, doing, and done. So we could move it together. We're not, do you hate that when you're working on something with VA and then you're like, oh, I was working on that. Oh, well, I was working on that too. That helps you be able to pull it. And I could say, okay, I'm doing this. She's doing this other thing. So I don't need to work on that. So I love for sure Trello for that. I even use that in homeschooling to communicate with my homeschool tutor. um, And even with my child sometimes. I love, of course, G Suite. I use G Suite for everything. I'm looking through my phone and seeing if there's any additional ones that I'm afraid I'm going to miss. Um, the new thing I just learned about, do you do this with your business receipts where you scan them using Google drive? I feel like I have heard about this, but no, I don't do it currently. I know I keep mine in a Ziploc bag, which is crazy. And I keep telling myself every year I'm going to pull the Ziploc bags out. So now we, I mean, get all the ones that you can electronically, but something I just learned yesterday, when you open up your Google drive for your specific business, you know, you wouldn't want to use your personal drive. You can open it up and um, it lets you just add a file right from it. You take a photo and it just sucks it in and you can pop your receipt in there and you've got it. And then you can just save it to a folder that's 2022 or, you know, whatever. It's really cool. Oh, that is awesome. That's a, that's a great way to kind of automate something that has to happen. Oftentimes has to happen, you know, paper and not digitally. So like, how can we make it digital and easier to access? I love that. 
Yeah. And same with HoneyBook. I don't know. Do you use HoneyBook? I use Dubsaddle, but similar to HoneyBook. And I have a lot of clients who love HoneyBook. Yes. Yes. I think HoneyBook is kind of maybe more the more intro type, you know, like league. And then Dubsado is when you get like a little bit more, you know, advanced. HoneyBook is really good for me because I like that I can create a um, product contract, a brochure for a product. And then I can schedule a time block for that service or product and people can book it right on there. And it sets up a workflow where people get um, you know, they request that they want to book me for so-and-so, and then it can auto send them a link to schedule, a link to pay, a link to sign the contract, and then all that stuff can live within there. So I'm not having to pull that from Google drive or God forbid paper, which is the way things started when I started my practice many years yeah. ago, <laughs> we're all used to that stuff. So yeah, those are the ones, I mean, I could go on and on all day about productivity tools, but those are my hot topics. And then the other thing, oh, so I always like to mention essentialism. Have you read that book? No, but yeah, put it on your list. Many people have recommended it. I need to. Yes. Put it on your list. Cause that's for sure. Some of the metaphors in there about, you know, the 80, 20, you know, principle and, you know, the slowest hiker, you know, just, it's really, really cool. So that's another tool that I refer back to. And another book called mind over money. Um, it's by a father son team. And the last name is Klotz K L O T Z. I'm 99% sure it's clots and not clonts with an N, but mind over money is also a really great book for business owners about what maybe your money mindset hangups might be. So it's cool. If you're, if you're like struggling with the VA hiring thing, Yeah, that's a great one. Super helpful. Well, we will link all of this in the show notes. Another thing, um, you had mentioned your Trello freebie, so we can link that in the show notes as well. But you also have another freebie that you had mentioned. Um, Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, I'd love to. So I have the social media profile fix. It's a quick guide that walks business owners through getting their Instagram and Facebook optimized to share their business with their friends and family without ever even having to really mention it. It's just all right there so that people can see it and they can find your business directly from your profile when you're just interacting in your daily life. So it's a really good example of seeing how just really somebody showing you step-by-step what to do. It gets you a good quick win and it always feels good to get that profile updated. I love it when I can get mine all straightened out for for the new things I'm offering. Such a good feeling, quick and easy win and actionable. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Well, we will link to all of this information in the show notes. Celeste, thank you so much for being here today. This was such a fun conversation and I'm like making notes. I'm going to go set up my Trello board with my tax ID. That's brilliant. (laughs) If you walk away with one thing, you know that you can put your hands on the tax ID today. Well, this was amazing, Maddie. I'm just so, so thankful for the work that you do is so important and just you know, the message that you have out there for women with boundaries that has been so life-changing to me. So just being able to be here with you has been just super, super fun for me as well. I thank you so much for, for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.